the Cleveland Browns made a trade. They, it, they certainly did. And they weren't the only ones because someone else made one today too. Listen, that one is still so weird to me. How that, Because obviously this has been going – the because Ty, Tyreek Hill got traded. Obviously this has been going on for weeks. They've been trying to give Hill a new deal. Uh, but it almost seemed like – like it was one of the first things I saw this morning. Like I was getting ready for work and I saw Adam's – because I have Adam Schefter's tweet uh, notifications on. I have all those big time uh, insiders notifications on. But – um. And I just saw Tyree Kill and the Chiefs, and then it cut off, and I thought nothing of it. And then 10 minutes later, I get a notification, Tyree Kill's been traded to the Dolphins. I'm like, what? I am very excited to see Patrick Mahomes now with without his no, number brother. one target. Uh, Tyree Kill always, always, always open. But from a Dolphins perspective, and yes, I'm already – choosing to neglect the fact that they signed uh, Tracy McGrady. Uh, not Tracy McGrady. I'm playing 2K. <laughs> Tracy, Tracy McGrady's on my on my TV right now because I'm playing there 2K. Um, although Tracy McGrady did sign with baseball, so he could go for the trifecta. And, uh, you know, he played with the Sugarland Skeeters for like two weeks before quitting. Right. But uh, I'm choosing to neglect the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster has joined the Chiefs. But for the <laughs> Dolphins, uh, this is kind of like a, a very – as if it weren't already, but a do or die year for Tua. Um, I I really don't know what to make of him. I don't think he's terrible, but he hasn't shown uh, tremendous signs or flashes, right. as they like to say. So, uh, you know, they're putting it all out there for Tua, and um, especially with uh, in a in a league format that allows basically the top half of each conference to make it to the playoffs. I would think that this would be a big year for Tua. However, the AFC is just so darn competitive as it is. I don't think it would be necessarily – I don't think it would be, well, 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 that's it. You know, Tua is not the guy because he hasn't made the playoffs in year three or whatever. I I don't think that's going to be the case. Mm -hmm. But – and I'd have to – I believe that it was like a four-year contract extension – that Tyreek Hill immediately signed in Miami. I think it's three guaranteed and then a player or player team option for the fourth. Well, and the point being is that Tyreek Hill is going to be there for the next few years. So this is a right. long-term play for Tua. But this is a big year for Tua, man. He is the uh, – next year is the year where they decide whether or not they're going to pick up his fifth year. So the third mm-hmm. year is a huge year for rookies. So I am very, very interested to see – what Mike McDonald and what uh, I think that's his name. Uh, yeah, Mike the, McDonald. Yeah, what he and uh, Tua come up with this year because they're gonna they're gonna be a quite a very very interesting team and they've had a lot of draft picks recently so right. they're supposed to be up and coming. Yeah, I mean they don't have a first rounder this year now because they traded away, but it was also the 29th pick, so you know pickings are kind of slim, especially in a weak draft. Uh, I still think. I had them mocked as drafting Kenneth Walker. I think they need a running back. Because if they get a running back, like one of the top guys in this class, I mean, their offense, the offensive line desperately needs some work. But, I mean, you got Tua, who has showed promise. You got Jalen Waddell, who broke the rookie receiving receptions record. You got Tyree Kill, who is arguably the most dynamic game-breaking player I've ever seen. And Mike Kosicki, what's that? I said he's up there. 
No oh, doubt. easily. Easily. And then um, Mike Gesicki, is not, he's a pretty damn good tight end. So, yeah, Miami's cooking. I still think – I don't believe in Tua. I, I, I know he's shown flashes. I just don't believe in him. His stats don't pop out to me. He doesn't do anything that great. He doesn't throw the ball downfield all that well. So, you know, they do have Teddy ball games uh, backing him up. Teddy covers. So yeah, they do. That. But, I, you know, I, I don't know. That's kind of just the problem uh, is they struck out know, that, a lot. That feels like a Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I would feel much more comfortable with Teddy Bridgewater than Ryan Fitzpatrick, though. Yeah, but I, I feel like he's just kind of there. I don't. Yeah, it's a lateral. You, you, you guys are the ones who signed Jacoby Brissett, right? Correct. I was actually very disappointed about that because I think he is a very good backup quarterback. Now I yes. he's a you know a, a meh starter, but right. if your if your quarterback goes down and uh oh, we need Jacoby Brissett for a few weeks, I don't feel like it's just man overboard. I feel like you right. can actually kind of tread water. So. I do like that from the Browns, no, but Brissett they is like with, uh... if Brissett is your backup quarterback, you're in pretty good shape as a team because he he, he started a lot of games in this league. He's looked pretty solid in them, but you just can't trust him to like you know take the Browns to the playoffs. That's why. Oh yeah, for Deshaun Watson. Exactly. Um, is there a suspension coming down, or yeah, is that there, he's definitely going to get suspended? I've heard rumors. <laughs> Uh, it could be anywhere from two to six games, or if the NFL finds it to be even more extreme, they would suspend them half the season. I don't think – I think it's going to be two to four games because, just because there's a rumor going around a lot of Browns guys. We're talking like the NFL might like count last year as served time because he missed the whole year. But I don't, I don't personally, I don't really get that because that was his decision to miss the year. Now, he would have been suspended anyway, but you remember that whole thing when he reported the training camp It was just playing, like, fifth-string safety? Yeah, and then he was walking out the field like, man, why are all these cameras on me? I Yeah, what like, is, what are I you do? guys looking at me for? Oh, yeah, I didn't do anything. Do? Yeah, yeah, well, according to him. But anyway, the trade <laughs> actually, um, it got changed. The Browns ended up giving up one more fourth-round pick in the trade. Uh, the official package is three first-round picks for the next three years, uh, a third-rounder next year, which I believe we have two third-rounders this draft, and we would have had two third-rounders next draft. Somehow the Browns always end up with, like, a 300 third-round picks, and I don't know why. I think they got a conditional third-round pick, too. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and they gave up a fourth-rounder this year and a fourth-rounder in 2024, and the Browns obviously got back Sean Watson, and they got him back a six-round pick in 2024. All right, so you guys got a lot of picks stocked up. I don't know how many of those are going to be, like, game-changing picks. I know that uh, Browns fans are very fond of Andrew Barry, so maybe, maybe you can cook up something. But about the Deshaun Watson situation, I am very surprised that it took the NFL this long to impose their own suspension or at least make any sort of – They weren't allowed uh, to. Oh, they weren't? No, because he was because he was under criminal investigation, so they weren't allowed to act on it. Well, that's quite interesting. Um, I think I don't know. I may have just pulled that out of my ass. Well, you know, it what, just, we'll it just sounds right. Sure, why not? Um, yeah, so I I do wonder 
and that's going to be the big variable is whether or not they decide to take last year into account because right. if not, then this suspension can be very long. And if so, then it might be like a game or two because they'll say, hey, he already missed all last season. He was healthy, could have played, didn't play. So that's definitely going to be what Browns fans are going to be focusing on. Right. And now throw into the mix that he is a new number one target after the entire receiver room exploded from within. Uh, Jarvis is out, Odell is out, but now Amari Cooper is in, and you got him pretty cheap, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Uh, we we just restructured his deal, too, to make it more, like, incentive-laden. That's what I, I'm starting to respect these front offices, where they're just starting to push back all the money they owe until the next regime takes over and it's no longer their problem. So I kind of respect that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that's hey, not their problem. Uh, I remember when Ozzie Newsome in his last year with the Ravens traded up to Lamar. Uh, to grab Lamar Jackson. That was his last first-round pick ever. And I was basically like, well, I, this could go one of two ways, but it's not going to be my problem. Yeah, it's not my damn problem. So he's like, he just goes up there and makes a blockbuster pick and then lets everyone else deal with it after the fact. That's exciting. Um, mm mm-hmm. I I mean, are the Browns – I don't think the Browns are going to be transitioning between executives anytime soon, do you? No, uh, you no. So, yeah, so this will be Andrew Barry's mess to take care of, and he's going to be the one either reaping the benefits or he's going to be in John Dorsey land, I guess. But, oh, brother. <laughs> um, people got upset. I, I think people just fell in love with Dorsey just because of the – because he made popular moves. They all just yeah. ended up being terrible. He was like, his approval rating, if he were like a politician, would be so high without him even really doing anything. He just kind of chewed gum and called people buddy boy and huh. did a bunch of I, – I, I, think, I think people just liked him in hard knocks, and I think that was good True. enough. This, which, I actually – I liked him a lot because, one, I was a Baker guy. I wanted Baker, the Browns to draft Baker, and – I also wanted Odell. So he he brought me both those things. Yeah, and then he kind of just slipped out in the middle of the night like, oops, bye. Um, yeah. Which I, well, I, I don't fired. think. He was kindly yeah. and politely shown the door. Exactly. The uh, the Thad Mata, like, you can you can exit even though if you don't, we'll make you. So <laughs> I uh, how do you think Amari's going to fit into this offense? Because I – his value apparently is not that much, even though he's been pretty good the past few years. So I don't know what what to think of him moving forward. The problem with him is the Cowboys just had too much money, or uh, too much money tied up, and Amari Cooper is under a big deal. But I mean, you look at Amari Cooper; he is consistently productive. He's never consistently great because he'll have a twelve hundred yard season and then like a seven hundred yard season. So he's never like great, but he's like. He's the second best wide receiver probably I've ever seen. Am I ever going to see wear a Browns uniform behind Odell Beckham Jr. from a talent standpoint, not from production, from a talent standpoint? Braylon Edwards. From a talent standpoint, Amari Cooper is number two. Braylon Edwards sucked. Really? Braylon Edwards had one good year, and then he was terrible. Hold on, let me pull it up. Yeah, stay on sportsreference.com. There was uh, a there was a one hit wonder with the Browns who I actually kind of enjoyed. Josh well, hold on. I, well, I just thought of two. One, Josh Gordon. Yeah, he he has an argument for being number one, honestly. Uh, and then the one hit wonder, Muhammad Masakwa. 
He was good for like one year. I don't think he was ever good with the Browns. Maybe it was one game. Let's see. But, oh, no. Yeah, he was very much not good. Didn't he might lose have been an arm? one game that I watched. He what? Didn't he lose a finger or like his arm or something, his hand? I don't know. Somebody, some former Browns wide receiver did. I can't. And Muhammad Masakwa is like just like quirky enough that that. Yeah, it is him. What happened there? He got in an ATVX, and I can't remember if he lost his hand or like fingers. Oh boy, that his hand was good. amputated after an ATV accident. That's bad. His left hand. Yeah, that's uh, not great. No, it's it's really not. Yeah, I remember. I remember Mohammed Masquat. He was a guy who I thought was going to be good and just never was. Hey, you guys had one Pro Bowl receiver a few years Who's ago. Who's that? Terrell Pryor. Oh, yeah. Was he a Pro Bowler that year? Yeah. You bet he was. I didn't think he was. I didn't. Well, now i got to pull Terrell Pryor's stats. Doesn't say he's a Pro Bowler. I know he had a 1,000-yard season, but he was never a Pro Bowler, I don't think. He had one in him. I know. Because he only had one good year with the Browns, and then he went over to Washington and did nothing. Yeah, and then he was um... – No, he never had a Pro Bowl. Oh, I thought he had a Pro Bowl in Cleveland. He has the NFL record for the longest rush by a quarterback for a touchdown against – Yeah, against my Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, first time Troy Polamalu has ever taken a bad angle in his life. No. And, uh, and it had to happen in record fashion. Man, he was so good. I – it was such a weird saga. Like, the year after he went for 1,000 yards, like, the Browns were trying desperately to re-sign him. But obviously, he was very hot commodity. And he signed one year with Washington and just did nothing. Um, I, was he the guy who – there was, like, a like a very slight controversy in, like, a – mini camp something or other. I think one of those joint practices that they had where I think he got in a fight with somebody or uh, like it was like somebody was fist fighting with their helmets on and people were like hurting their own hands or something. Or maybe like someone like pretended. Have you seen the Mark Sanchez clip where he's out at receiver in the wildcat formation yeah. and somebody just like jumps and he like freaks out? Right. Yeah. I think I think somebody did that to Terrell Pryor and then for like one day the social media was clowning him for being soft or something because like oh somebody was like fake punching him and he flinched. So I, I oh know. yeah, I remember that. I, I I vividly remember that. I don't remember who. I remember he got into a Pac Man Jones for some reason. Um. I don't remember that at all. You don't remember, like, Pac-Man Jones' post-game press conference where he started calling him garbage? Uh, that I kind of remember. I, I, I vividly remember what you're talking about, though. Do you remember when Jalen Ramsey would always do that when he was young and now he's just not interesting at all? He's, he's like, not J- interesting? Oh, well, I mean, he's interesting because he's good, but... He he and uh, Joel Embiid like both walked into the league and just started like calling out everybody, and then very quickly got quiet. It was like, very, well, Joel Embiid is certainly not quiet. Well, okay, he's not posting pictures of the opponent anymore and saying that he no, lives that was, in their head or anything. That he, was, he's, that was always funny. 
he he used to be way in your face about it. Now he's just like, I'm I'm good kind of. Yeah. But Probably he, he used to just call you out by name, and that was way more exciting. But I th- I think that these guys realize that just overloading with per overflowing with personality isn't necessarily a good thing. Like I think Baker Mayfield also learned that oh, a little Bobby. bit over the past few years. That like all right now I need to tone it down a little bit. But I think uh, Emily Mayfield has has picked it up so uh, that you know balance it out so they have. Yeah, I'm starting to think that. I'm starting to think that Emily Mayfield will no longer have her like weekly uh, Channel Three news segment anymore. Uh, I don't think so, and I, I didn't even know that she had that, but that's hilarious. She did like when Baker first got drafted here. I don't know if she still did, but she at one point they put her on the news for some reason. I would be terrified if I were Baker and my wife were doing that. I'd be like, oh man, like what yeah, are you going to say? Very- She's not very smart I, when it comes to the social media game. Yeah, she's a. Uh, she lets it fly. Yeah, and that's um, that makes life a little bit more difficult for the player. Uh, yeah, a little bit, and especially since Baker Mayfield went through. I, I do feel bad for Baker because he went through a lot this year. Like he, yeah, he let he us was hurt. Yeah, he was hurt. Absolutely. Like all these things matter, and it it both both things can be true. Baker Mayfield was hurt this year, and it severely affected him. And Baker Mayfield just isn't good enough to lead the Browns to the Super Bowl. Both things are true. Mm-hmm. I do feel bad about for Baker because, you know, he, he came into an impossible situation. A team that was coming off two seasons where they won one game total. Um, just dysfunction for the last 20 plus years. And then he led them to the playoffs. Beat the biggest rival in the playoffs. And then the next year they threw him away. So I... And, they didn't throw him away. They just upgraded. But I do feel bad for him because he did that all under a regime that didn't draft him and a regime that very, from like day one, said Baker Mayfield, we're not committed to Baker Mayfield. Like they didn't directly say that, but their actions led to that. Like Baker Mayfield not getting a contract extension after that playoff game, against, uh, after the playoffs, was a little puzzling. Like that was pretty telling. Like, hey, these guys aren't sold on Baker Mayfield. Uh, Let's see. Was that the third year? The playoffs? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I do want to give the Browns a little bit of credit for that. Well, one, because I think it proved to be the correct decision in the end, although we can argue about whether or not this constitutes as the end. But regardless, <laughs> uh, I think the Jared Goff situation with the Rams and a little bit the Todd Gurley situation kind of changed the way that people view quarterbacks because – those guys got paid way too early. Well, in Todd Gurley's case, he got paid way too much, and I guess you could say the same yes. about Jared Goff as well. But Jared Goff got paid, I think, one year earlier than he should have been because he got his extension was set in stone after his third year. So they picked up his fifth year. So they had two years of him being on the team. And to my knowledge, Jared Goff wasn't going to be some – Deshaun Watson or Ben Simmons no. where where he was just going to hold out. It used to be where you would hold out in your contract year, but now mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's just a free-for-all. It's just whenever you feel like it. Right. Ben Simmons held out before his extension even kicked in. So he had like five years left in Philadelphia before – and he's just like, I don't feel like being here anymore. And hmm. now James Harden does it too. 
and there's speculation that maybe Zion's doing that too, and people are questioning, eh, is he really hurt, or is he just like doing his own thing over here? So, yeah, by the way, I I know I, I think you share this take with me, and I guarantee I guarantee you have this take uh, that all this talk about like the Pelicans giving him the super max just to like lure keep him in New Orleans rather than going taking a max on the open market elsewhere, where it'd obviously be worth less money. Would you pay Zion Williams a max right now? Absolutely not, because no, he's he hasn't played, played. He's played one season in three seasons. Listen, and he, he was unbelievable in that season, but he has not been on the court. It, like the biggest negative about Zion Williams, Williamson, was that hey, he may be a help, he may be a guy who's like he's really out again. He's really hurt again, and that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, and also mix in that he's a power forward with a very flat shot. Now, I know that he's an athletic genius, but they have a lot of talent on that team, and they're still not making the playoffs, so I don't know what giving him the right. Supermax does for you. Like, last year, we don't talk – he was excellent last year. He averaged 27 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. He he was excellent. He shot uh, 61% from the field. But he he has he's played eighty five career games, like he just, we don't know is he going to stay out there because he's he's out for the year now right they're holding him out. Uh, I don't know that to be true. However, from off the top of my head, I don't think they're in tremendous playoff shape. So no I'm no no, will, I'm willing to bet that that's probably true. Just they because may have it was eliminated already, it would make sense for them to be actually well, no they're case, the tenth seed they're the tenth seed. Oh, oh, we still have the play playing game. They're a game behind the Lakers. Oh, man. Well, you said last week on the podcast that uh, you said, I hate. I thought I hated everything, but you actually hate everything. There was something that I thought of that a lot of people like that I hate, and I was going to say it, but now I forgot. Ah. But I'll say, I'll, I, if it comes to mind, I'll say it again. But I hate this play-in game in the NBA just because ah. – you already have over half the league in the playoffs. Why are you adding more teams? I, I just don't I, – I, I know why, because it drives it, – because it, the stakes are really high for that one game. So you're, dri- you're just right. driving early interest because everybody's going to be interested in the conference finals and the NBA finals. But when you have all the good teams – playing a bunch of nobodies who are probably going to win in four or five games. I, I, like, I get it. And it's, it's just good for TV in general to have more playoff teams, but right. The lack of integrity is real. Oh, um, also I would like a new March madness format where all the oh. top four, four seeds get buys in the first round. And then we fill those teams with NIT teams and abolish the NIT. That is the, only, only, only situation where I would actually enjoy expanding any sort of playoff format is increasing the March Madness pool to give b- the better teams buys. Be- so that way, you know, Kentucky's not losing to St. Peter's in the first round. And well, then, we, then we can just get rid of this NIT that no one's already watching anyway. But St. Peter's beating Kentucky is pretty cool. It's pretty cool for two days. Di- well, I guess, all right, it's cool for a little yeah, bit longer. Point. Well, that's why. But when they get when they inevitably get blown out by somebody, um, it's gosh, who's going to be Michigan? Is that who they play next? 
St. Peter's? Uh, wait, no, no, no. Uh, they play they Purdue. Oh, that's right. Okay. They're going uh, yeah. Zach Eady and um, Jalen Ivey. Zach Eady, I, Zach Eady's seven foot four. I don't think St. Peter's is going to have an answer for that. Uh, I don't think so either. So Or Jalen Ivey, because that dude's a monster. Yes, and he's going to go very high in the draft. Mm-hmm. And I love him because he's he played more than one year in college. Right. I've he's become so skilled. I've become a huge fan of the NBA players, particularly, particularly the lottery players who are really good and get drafted really high, but they're actual college players because they, they spend more than one year in college. I've, be, I've, I've developed a great fandom for those players, and I appreciate them. I do, too. It, it is nice to see like consi- guys being consistently there. I think that's why I always like programs like Wisconsin or something like that, where there's just guys there. Like They're not there for a year. They're there for many years. That's why I kind of like Villanova. Ohio State does it. Ohio State, obviously, because they don't really have many one-and-done players. But uh, Oh, yeah, man. Hey, Jay Wright has only had one one-and-done in his, his entire career. Who? Amari Spellman. Oh, right. He's uh, he's from around, he, he went around, He's from a school around me. Oh, he's a Cleveland guy. Yeah, I think he went to North Royalton. Yeah, he went to North Royalton High School. That's very close to me. They were in our uh, – they were actually the first team we ever played after we combined high schools. Huh. He's only had two lottery picks, and they were Randy Foy and Mikhail Bridges, and he's only had one one-and-done. It was Amari Spellman. It was drafted with a 30th pick, so not even a lottery pick. Right. But I don't think Gillespie's going to be a first-rounder. No, he doesn't, he doesn't seem athletic enough for that or big enough. No, he's so a he's, college player. He's a college player for sure, through and through. Those are been decent trivia questions. I should have stayed. Yeah, well, okay. I don't appreciate Grayson Allen in any form or fashion. So I don't care that he spent all those years at Duke. I hate him. Um, That might be one of my – he's on my Mount Rushmore of hatred. Uh, uh, Ray Lewis, I Ray Lewis, I think, is the George Washington on my Mount Rushmore of hatred. (laughs) Uh, uh, Grayson Allen had the perfect villain to start to a villain career. He just went off in the national championship game against Wisconsin. And that was the first anybody heard of him. That was the oh, I totally to forgot just, about that. That is the perfect way to establish to establish yourself as a villain. Oh, I found a – and this is not going to be a trivia question because I feel like this would be a little bit possibly – uh, well, I try, I try to avoid asking you Ohio-related questions, and this one is yes. Ohio-related. I found another ask player. It as a, ask it. Ask it as a trivia question. Okay. Does it, does it count, but we'll ask it as a trivia question. Yes. Um, this draft – well, I already told you it's Ohio. So this Cleveland Cavalier lottery pick uh, – I'm not going to say which year, but this LeBron Cleveland Cavalier – No. Well, although this technically does apply to him if I phrase it this way. But this Cleveland Cavaliers lottery pick uh, never started a game in college. Never started a game. So technically LeBron James does count, but that's not who I'm talking about. And he's from Ohio? Uh, no, I didn't say that. I just mean that because we were talking oh, about the be- oh. the bench players at oh, Florida State. It, um, how... Isn't it uh, Dion? Dion Waiters? Yes, it is. And I'm glad that I didn't make that a trivia question because you just got it. Right, I remember that. I remember there was something quirky about Deion Waiters. Two years and zero starts. 
That's pretty much what he did in the NBA. He kind of came off the bench. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a good score, like good like guy to come off the bench and just score. Yeah, I mean, he was decent for a little bit of time there, and then oh, LeBron yeah. came in and he's like, "Well, we have new standards for what decent is now." Right. So it's like yeah, he's maybe pretty he's good with Miami for a couple of years. Didn't he have some sort of problems where he wasn't a a good locker room guy or um uh he punched Kyrie Irving in the face I believe. Well, hey, and Kyrie what? broke his nose and he had to wear a mask, I believe. Oh, I have seen masks. May, he may have not broken his nose, but it was the reason Kyrie Irving was wearing like a mask and he went off those games and they started calling him Max Kyrie Irving and I hated it. I mean, I well, he was really good, although yeah. You know, some some Cavaliers fans might argue, well, he was good before that, but you didn't care because he didn't look funny. Oh, Kyrie Irving was always him when we drafted him. He was always that dude. Yeah, he was an all-star who basically his talent alone recruited LeBron James back because he was, oh, yeah. he finally deemed that roster to be worthy enough. And they had back-to-back first-round, uh, first overall picks. Now they completely punted on one of them basically to secure the other, which turned out to be Kevin Love. Who will probably be be uninviting LeBron to uh, his wedding because that was bad. That was that oh was, my god, that was bad. I was because I I made a stupid rookie gambling mistake, just so stupid. Dirt oh, for that game. Uh, the uniforms or something? No, 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 no. Uh, the the over was always a lock in that game because the Cavs defense has been kind of iffy. The Lakers have been scoring a lot. And the Cavs have been scoring a lot. So I'm like, the over, it was, it was like 221. I'm like, this is going way over. And then it ended up being like 260 at the end of the game. But then I read a stat earlier in the day that um, the Lakers' first half spread, they have been getting demolished in. And the Cavs have been pretty good at it. And they were only two point. The Cavs were only two point favorites. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to parlay these. Just didn't, you know. The Cavs were whooping their ass the entire first half, and the Lakers went on a massive run and, like, were leading by, like, eight at halftime. Just stupid rookie mistake. <laughs> well, uh, how, how much longer do we have in the NBA season? Like, ten games? Like, we're getting ten, to, like, ten-ish games. We're coming down the home stretch. We're getting there. Yeah. yeah we it's, cool. I think the Cavs have, like, 11 games left. Let's see, they play eighty two. Uh, no, they got ten games. It's uh, they're forty one and thirty. Oh games. yeah, yeah, yeah. seventy two out of eighty two. Who would we play? Oh, we would play the seventy sixers right now. Gross. I hear that you guys have a tough schedule the rest of the way. It's not easy. The second half has been brutal. They have not looked good at times. Like they just lost to the Pistons. They lo- lost the seventy sixers. They looked really bad against the Bulls and the Heat. They've been playing bad teams close. It, it's they do not look the same. Hmm, I'm just scrolling through the standings here. Now, Jared Allen's to... out, but... Yeah. And we just got Karis LeVert back. But um, they got the Raptors, the Bulls, the Magic, the Mavericks, the Hawks, the Knicks, the 76ers, who we've played a bazillion times this year, the Magic, <laughs> the Nets. The Nets and the Bucks to end the year is tough. No, you want to hear... Th- 76ers, Nets, and Bucks are three of your last four games. That, that is pretty bad. That's uh, so tough. As it currently stands, the play-in games will feature the 7 versus 10 of the West being the Timberwolves, 
who I did not know had, were eleven games above five hundred. That's yeah, they've been really good. To me. They they made um, the second half resurgence. They are really good. Yeah, eight and two in their last ten, so they've been getting it going. They'll be playing the Pelicans, who we just discussed. Um, then we have the Battle of L.A. We have the Clippers and the Lakers. <laughs> are the Clippers in their own stadium already, or has that not happened yet? No, the what does not Spalmer bought the forum. I think they're just in the process of transitioning. Gotcha. And then over in the East, uh, the playing games as it currently stands, we have the Raptors versus the Hawks. I don't know if you know this. The Raptors don't have a single player above six nine. Really, Siakam is yes. not six nine. Uh, he is six nine, and he's their tallest player. Okay. So they're running around with a bunch of small forwards masquerading as work. power forwards and centers. Um, then we also have, Ooh, I didn't know this. The Nets are going to be in a play-in game against the Hornets. When Kevin um, Durant was out and Kyrie Irving, obviously being part-time player, they went on like a 15 game losing streak. Okay. So as long as Kevin Durant's back, uh, which Kevin Durant yeah, is he's back, back from, and he's been from, dominating as usual. So, okay, that's good. So he, all right, there's three games behind the Cavs, so hopefully the Nets can rise their way up to the six just so they can avoid the playing game and not. No, no, no. <laughs> Is that not you how that works? the Cavs at six, at least. Oh, uh, that's right, that's right. So the Cavaliers are currently slated up against the 76ers, so you are already complaining about playing too much. You might I would much rather play the 76ers four times, or at least seven times, than one game, take it or leave it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Bulls are at five, who I really like this year. Um, Vucevic Lonzo. and Lonzo and Lonzo's Zach been out Levine. Too long. They need them. Yeah, I. Uh, oh, there we go. Um, sorry, my I'm zooming into a class as we do this. No, you're good. Uh, so I'm just making sure that my video is on. All right. Um, that Ohio State this, education. Yeah, that's what we're talking about right there. Um, yeah, so the Wizards are and the Knicks are the two teams, basically the first first two out in the East, and right. they're they're too far gone from what I can tell to possibly make a resurgence. And uh, Spurs are only two games out. Man, uh, yeah, Kyrie should have retired with Tim Duncan. He has he just go away. he just broke the all time uh, wins record, but he need, they need to go away. I'm sick of them. I'm sick. Of, these last few years after Duncan retired, where they've just been, like, mediocre and just somehow managed to get into the playoffs, except for that one year with Kawhi when he got hurt in the Western Conference Finals. But um, they, they're just – I don't want them there. I don't want a mediocre Spurs around. Give me some new blood. Yeah, I don't know. And I should have mentioned DeMar DeRozan when talking about the Bulls as well because he's been uh, – Oh, he's phenomenal. Best form If it wasn't ever, for so. um, Embiid and Jokic, I think – I, he's fallen off for sure, but he probably would have been leaving the pack. Is it going to be Jokic for MVP? Who, who, who are we going to have? Embiid is the current betting favorite, but Jokic is playing some unbelievable basketball. Go look at his box scores. They, they'll blow you away. It's like, dude, are you? how are you this good? It's a shame that we're at the point, and load management had kind of done this, but we're at the point with these MVPs in the NBA where part of winning the MVP is predicting your playoff success. And I don't think the media is going to be a big fan of Nikola Jokic because right. 
they don't see him as being someone who can compete at that elite tier along with the beasts of the, well, I guess the beasts of the West. Right. Because what was it? Suns in four. That was a series, right? Uh, the Suns yeah. in four guy. Yeah, Suns swept them. Yeah, so I I don't think that he's going to get a ton of respect in the MVP. It's kind of like Russell Westbrook when the first time he won the MVP, um, well, the first and only time, I should say, he won that MVP, and then they get bounced in the first round of the playoffs in five games, and then he triple doubles again the next year, and mm-hmm. then people stop caring because they're like, eh, this doesn't actually – this season didn't really compete for a championship. It just looked good on the stat sheet. So I, I think that's going to hold back Nikola Jokic a little bit. But right. I also – No, they're going to give it to Embiid. Yeah. Also, have the 76ers made a conference finals yet? He, who did the Heat no. beat in the bubble? The Celtics? The Celtics. Okay. So they lost in the semis to Toronto, and they lost in the semis to Atlanta last year. Who made the Eastern Conference Finals last year against Milwaukee? Oh, was that the Atlanta? Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, Trey Young. Wow. The uh, Bucks and Nets were the semifinal. That's right. I man, I totally forgot about the finals. Right. I totally forgot that. The Hawks were in the fi- wow. Yeah, they almost beat the Bucks too. I think they were up three two. Friendly or reminder, two one or Luka, something like that. Friendly reminder: Luka Doncic has not won a playoff series yet. But Listen, you know, who cares? You, who cares? You go look at his stats, man. He he is unbelievable. <laughs> the yeah, like, the lineup times against they've Utah. been in the playoffs, like they've been up two zero in the first round, and then they blow them. Yeah, I um. Man, they got Utah in the first. I think Utah is still a really good team. I don't know if they'll ever make the make the jump. This is their last year. Oh, are contracts because not working out? No, it's just inevitable that Donovan Mitchell wants out. That's wow. been the chatter that he doesn't like playing with Gobert, and I think they just gave Gobert the super max. Yeah, so they're locked in with him. Man, he's really yeah. good. Yeah, he, he he's he a really good shoot, guy to add on your but team, but he's really good. Yeah, just having a dominating defensive center like that—that that is a luxury. That's why—that's why I love this Cavs team because they have two of those, and it's awesome. One of the few guys in the NBA actually buy into their defense because, like, in a league that just shoots a bunch of threes and everybody everybody's putting up no, 110 no. points, we're sitting here. Oh yeah, man, he's man really good. Again. Yep, he's oh he's he really <laughs> helps out the defense. He really solidified. Oh yeah. Is that why they're giving up 110 points a game? Rudy Gobert is one of the few guys I'm actually like, yeah, that dude's defensive presence actually helps. <laughs> I'm watching uh, just whenever we do these, I have like YouTube of like sports highlights on mute next to me. And I'm watching yeah. MLB postseason home runs and the foul ball, foul ball guy just caught a home run right in my face and I hate it. <laughs> I get so annoying. The foul ball guy? Where? Yeah, what he's the guy who's caught like, he he has a YouTube channel and he's like, he catches every foul ball, every foul ball, every home run. Like he has oh, a down to he, a science. He moves around his seats, every batter, and yeah, like yeah. You look him up. Like he has it down to a science. It's unbelievable. He's always he's always at these big games, and he's always right in the middle of the broadcast, and it just pisses me off because he's so annoying. 
you know that guy's probably asking people to like let him use their seats for a net bat or something too, which is something really like annoying. he'll push kids out of the way. He he has no shame. Oh, that's awful. He he will physically push kids out of the way. It is it's and then he like throws the ball right in their face, like just like showboats right in front of them. It's the most <laughs> annoying. Like I just don't think he's aware. Like he's the how, Darren how Ravel of whatever guy? that he does. What's how that? Old? I said, how old there whereabout is Probably this Probably his 40s. He's like, he's just some oh, skinny 40s. white ball guy. I thought that this was going to be like some like 26-year-old. Maybe he's like, he, he's young, but he's still too old to be doing this crap. His but, name is Zach Campbell. Let me see how old he is. If this is like a like a dad, then we got a huge 44. Problem. He's 44. He caught A-Rod's 3,000th career hit. Oh, no. And Mike Trout's first career home run. This guy really does know his stuff. He claims that he has collected more than 11,000 baseballs from Major League Stadiums in North America. He's afraid he can't. Or no, Kenny was in North America. Yeah, well, that's a very specific way of phrasing that sentence. Yeah. Yeah, to uh, say baseball. I don't know, but... All right. He's a... Uh... So this guy's all about himself, and I'm sure he gets a ton of views on on uh, YouTube oh, yeah. and all this stuff. He's written books. He's it, done it all. Is his editing cool, though? Like, are his videos actually fun to watch? I haven't watched his videos in a long time. I used to just watch it when it was, like, the old school. Like, nobody knew how to edit. Like, we just yeah. weren't techn- technologically advanced enough to, like, add shit to videos. So I used to, I used to watch him back then, but I was, I don't know what he does now. Gosh. Anyway, um, back to basketball. Yeah, we uh, so the Cavs are probably looking at Philly, which have Gross. fun. But um, I don't know. There's so much. Everyone's so close to each other in the standings. So who knows? Are the Heat real? Do you think? No, I no. Jimmy Butler shot like eight percent from three since the All Star break. No, they're not real. That was my problem with them the first time, even when they did win the East. Is that they didn't have a go-to scorer because right. Jimmy Butler was the main ball handler, but he doesn't even like to be the scorer because he can't shoot that well, and that's just not his. He can do everything else except that, pretty much. The thing but, is, Tyler Harrow's that dude. Yeah, but when he wasn't hot, and he's only hot from three, uh, they were really struggling because it's like, all right, we have everything that we need to win a championship except one guy who can just play one-on-one. So the idea... Tyler Harrow might, dude. Maybe at this point, maybe I'm, you know, holding on to years past too much, uh, holding that against him too much. But the idea was that Bradley Beal was supposed to go there to go fix that. Right. And then they would have everything and then everything would fall into place and then they'd be, you know, a championship team. Despite the fact that I think they would have a championship team with absolutely zero true star players, they would have had a bunch of second-tier players like Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo is not even second-tier. He's probably like third-tier. But they wouldn't have had like a Kevin Durant or anything like that. So that would have been like a, a real Eric Spolstra. I would actually give him – for once, I would have given a coach a lot of credit for a championship. Hey, no. For, for, uh, for making it work with a bunch of – I don't. I was about to say talentless. That is not fair uh, to say. But a bunch of, you know, like next tier guys, and not just right. riding the coat. Especially in this era of the all the super teams and all that. I um, that would have been 
that would have been cool if that worked out. But he is Bradley Beal still in the Wizards? I think he blew out his leg and then never was able to get traded because of it. Is that true? Uh, yeah, he's still in the Wizards. He's out for the year. But um, he's miserable. He, he said he's wanted to stay in Washington and that Washington's more than willing to give him. I think he would get a $250 million extension. You know what? And they're more that than would, willing to give it to him. That would uh, make me want to play in Washington, too, to be honest with you. Yeah. If, uh, I mean, if, if they want, not if they, all that bad. Yeah, if they want me to podcast in Washington, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be a commies fan, sure. You, you can buy my fandom. I know. I, Porzingis was a pretty nice ad. I, they're not too oh. bad. I completely forgot that Porzingis was, on, was in yeah. Washington. Yeah, he just was not working out in Dallas at all. Get, so Tyler Harold, now that you mentioned him, he is minus 20,000 to be the sixth man of the year. So, you know, don't bet on anybody else at this point. Can you guess how many minutes per game he plays? All right. Um, let's see, there are 48 in a game. I, I don't even know what the average starter does. Like, probably like 31 to 32, which right, I'll say 33. 32.6. He is going to win the sixth oh, man of the year playing playing like 90% of the game. Leonard Hamilton is their head coach, making all the best players come off the bench. I know. I that I don't know what the purpose of that is. If, that feels if wrong. If he's just going to play that much anyway. And yeah. I'm not someone who even thinks, because when Russell Westbrook went to the Rockets, I was the one saying, like, the, like Russell Westbrook should come off the bench so that way D'Antoni can stagger his minutes with James Harden so that way one of them isn't just standing around watching the other the entire time. Right. And, that, and you can maximize their abilities. And in that in that idea is that one of them would likely be playing against the other team's backups. So uh, I'm not opposed to this idea of minutes taking precedent over this, this starting lineup, but I – would like a reason for it. And I, and this is also due to the, uh, my own lack of knowledge about the Miami heat. So I don't want to just completely, I, I just don't want to entirely act like Eric Spolstra doesn't know what he's doing because he does. But I, I don't, as, as you like to say, that's a steel phrase. I just, I just don't see the vision. I just don't see the vision. Yeah. I'm not seeing the vision. Yeah, it's, it just feels wrong to me that you can win six man of the year and play starter minutes. I also just wanted Kevin Love to win sixth man of the year, but you know, whatever. But uh <laughs> well, I hey, also wanted we, we don't uh, want history to acknowledge that Kevin Love was a backup. He was a I starter. Did. He's been he's been delightful in his six man role. More enjoyable than him in his starting role the past few years? But very. I, I very he played like uh, you combined got... three games since LeBron left, but yeah. I actually enjoyed this basketball this conversation. Let's actually continue this. Uh, so d- have you had any – because I'm not even going to pretend like I remember. Have you had any, like, big picks? Because uh, obviously both of our brackets are busted just because we made brackets right. and that's how this works. But what what were your big picks that worked out through the first weekend? Uh, gambling picks or bracket picks? Bracket. Uh, let me pull up my bracket real quick just to make – because I got hammered as everyone, but I'm sure – I'm sure I, I must have picked one upset, right? I, I found another one. I hate I hate gambling on individual March Madness games. I, oh, I love, love I love it. I'm I'm too, I'm too committed to brackets. I'm too committed to brackets. 
and on the other way and just money lines and all that stuff. I, I don't like this point spreads of March Madness tournament games. I don't I, that shouldn't even exist in my view because it ruins the it ruins the tradition of brackets. Let me tell you about my gambling weekend. <laughs> Thursday, Friday, absolutely demolished. I got absolutely killed. I ended up throwing a Hail Mary at the end of Friday on like the last game, like multi-unit play. And I'm like, this is going to save my ass. And I ended up hitting. So I ended up pretty even. But for the most part, I got demolished. Like I wasn't feeling good about it. Oh, I picked Notre Dame over Alabama. But um, well, yeah, shout out me. My our Notre Dame fighting Irish. Uh, yeah, but, um, you, you owned a hoodie one time. I still, buddy, I still own seven. <laughs> but, um, and then Saturday, Saturday I was in Bowling Green, uh, like on a weekend bender. So that was, I was watching basketball while incredibly intoxicated. But, um, <laughs> I ended up going 0-1 on Saturday while being drunk. So Sunday, I obviously, well, not Sunday. But uh, Friday I went eight zero and one, and then Saturday I obviously went drinking again. And I'm like, okay, I went twelve five and zero, yeah, twelve and five. So I'm like, okay, now I just gotta. I think I just have to be drunk when I gamble now, which is a, the the worst decision any, anybody would ever make. Is that the precedent that's now taking over? I I got like, I guess. But anyway, um. My ga- uh, my bracket, I picked Notre Dame. I picked um, Notre Dame. I picked um, Iowa State. Yeah, those are all the upsets I picked. Wow. I'm, I'm not oh, counting 9-8 upsets. No, no, those don't count. I um, So, aside from Tennessee and Kentucky completely ruining me, I had... I had Richmond hit. I had um, who was it? I had New Mexico State hit. My big one that I added at the end. Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But I almost had Chattanooga. I almost had a twelve, a twelve, and a thirteen all in one day. Yeah, I Chattanooga. Chattanooga blew it at the end, and I was upset with them. But the big one that I have so f- it's working out so far. But I'm one game away. I put Miami in my elite eight, and I am one game away from that hitting, and I'm going to be very proud of myself, despite the fact that Kentucky and Tennessee have gave me nothing to look forward to. Right. But I, I, I will say, uh, if, if Miami makes the Elite Eight, then that alone is just going to give me enough satisfaction to say, you know what, it wasn't a total waste this year. I didn't have Miami. I had USC beating Miami, but I also had USC make it a run. Because I whoever Auburn played in the second round, I knew they were going to get demolished. Because Auburn stunk. You know what? I almost – I couldn't get myself to pull the trigger, but I almost did. I almost had North Carolina beat Baylor, and I was so I mad oh, yeah, at myself. I, did have that. I didn't like Baylor at all this year. They had two guys go down with injuries. They lost their two best players from last year. I didn't like them this year. Yeah, Davian Mitchell's playing for the Kings right now, and I don't even know who the other guy was. But, I can't remember his name. Um. I um I saw something I think it was on Sports Center, like the past six champions or whatever have done a really poor job in March Madness lately. Uh, so the yeah. hangover is very very much real. So keep that in mind next year when making your bracket because 
Uh, it just it just works that way. Was Florida has to be the last team to go back to back, right? Yeah. Yes. That's Kentucky certainly didn't do it. Did Duke at any point? No. I think Kansas only has one. Kentucky, yeah, Kansas, well, Kentucky, Kentucky also only has one championship. I think Kentucky's so, only won one with Calipari. Yeah, it was the um, uh, it was over Anthony Kansas. Davis year. Anthony should have been over Ohio average. State. They should yeah. have played. They should have beat the shit out of Ohio State instead of beating the shit out of Kansas. I'm pissed yeah, about Tom, that. Tom I Robinson. wanted the honor of losing to that Kentucky team. They blew that game, that Final Four game with Kansas. They were up by a gazillion points at halftime, and they just blew it. Uh, wait, who was Ohio State? Yeah, Ohio State, Kansas Final Four. It was like Sullinger, Kraft. Um, what's the guy who wore number zero or number one? Oh man, um, he's kind of like a chubby oh, guy. Oh, Deshaun Thomas. Yes, him. He, they had him, they had Buford, they had Diebler, they had all these guys, all these Ohio State legends we talk about, and they were up by a bazillion points at halftime, and they blew it. <laughs> I can't believe I, I don't remember that so game. I was so mad. What's that? I said, I can't believe I don't remember that game. Although, let, me that, let me pull up that box score, because I, I don't remember how much they were winning by half, but they were killing them in the first half. My, uh, my history of... March Madness and my knowledge, it, it starts to fade a little bit once we get deeper in the tournament. I am right. just not somebody who. Now I'll have to. I'll, I'll I'll do my best to change this because I want to. I want to be a better sports fan. But I watch a lot of day one, and I'm a little bit casual about March Madness now that I realize this. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. But when the tournament gets deeper, I start to fade a little bit, and. I, I don't watch as many games. I kind of I kind of ch- look at the bracket, but I don't really watch the games. I'm gonna have to fix that about myself. That's not right. I did, I kind of went through a phase like that where I was just addicted to the first weekend, and then like yeah, the Sweet 16's on maybe if I'm available. But now that I'm a game, I have to watch these games, obviously. But Ohio, <laughs> exactly, Ohio State was only up by nine at halftime in that game, but they were controlling the entire game. Like they were, you could tell Ohio State had them. Nine that on. felt like 90. Yeah, exactly. And then Kansas just went on a run in the second half. I don't even remember who. Uh, Thomas Robinson. That's the only yep. player I remember. Hold on. Adrian. Uh, scored changes. Maybe Tyshawn Taylor. Was that a guy? Tyshawn Taylor. Let's see. Let's see box for. I have a bazillion tabs open right now. so I, Oh, it's not even giving me the full name. Yeah, uh, Taylor was on that team, but Thomas Robinson. Let's see. Ohio State had Thomas Sullinger, L. Smith Jr. Lenzel Smith Jr.? I don't remember him. For Ohio State? I think so. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I mean, okay, I I vaguely remember who he is. Okay, my computer's, my computer's gasping for air right now. LaQuinton Ross, was that a guy? LaQuinton Ross, I remember him. William Buford. Solomon Thomas, who was like this guy coming off the bench, who was supposed to be this big guy, and he never really panned out. But, yeah, they had some guys. Some, like, good college basketball players, too. Like, obviously, Mm -hmm. none none of them panned out in the NBA. 
Sollinger kind of had a like a one to two year run where he was serviceable with the Celtics, but none of them panned out in the NBA. But they were all just money in college. Yeah, and then he um, he did float around a bit. I think he yeah. was. Uh, I think he went to like the Suns and the Raptors, and he got a, he got he got a blonde mohawk somewhere for a he, year. He would always be the guy I would like trade for or sign in free agency on 2K to the Cavs. He would always be that guy. Every every single year in 2K, that was the first guy I got if I started a franchise. He's um man, he was he was good for Ohio State, but like I I, I kind of thought he was like the JT Baird because as he as he got a little bit. And I know that he, I yeah, he got he got a little stale at the end there. He got worse, and he would turn the ball over a ton, and like with, like I think he got a bunch of travels or a bunch of fouls. I don't know, but something. I remember thinking like, this guy's good, but he could be a lot better if he just didn't make goofy mistakes. Right. Yeah. He he is kind of like JT Barrett. That's a very good comparison. Came in hot, and then kind of just yeah stale. Like still yeah. still putting up numbers. Still winning a lot of games, still accomplishing a lot of things, but you know they were kind of just empty accomplishments and all in the end. Yeah, because you expect guys to improve as they go along, and when they don't, yeah. you're like, I didn't, I didn't realize the ceiling was already being hit in his freshman year. No, JT Barrett very much digressed. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, JT digressed. Barrett actually progressively got worse, you're and there is no denying that. Listen, much to my chagrin. I was, I'm still number one JT Barrett fan. Uh, do you have any trivia questions? Yeah, let's do this. Why don't you start for me? Because I have a lot to look through. All right. I, uh, I will start with what I think is the easiest question and then work my way from there. Um, which team, speaking of, how apropos, which team made the three straight Final Fours between 2006 and 2008? I think that was UCLA. Ding, ding, ding. All right. I, I only knew that because they went to back-to-back. That's the only reason I knew that. Yep, it was... Uh, so I just played the odds there. It was Jordan Farmar and Aaron Aflalo in the first year, then Darren Collison and Aaron, and Aaron Aflalo in the second year, and then it was the three-headed monster of Darren Collison, Kevin Love, and Russell Westbrook in the third year. I thought they went... I thought Westbrook and Love went to two. Anyway. I think Westbrook was a he was a uh, I think the sixth man on in his freshman year. That sounds about right. Uh, so my first, we're going to go head over to college football. Oh my wheelhouse! Here we go. I feel like, I feel like this one might be a little easy. Okay. But who are the first two teams to lose the BCS national championship game? Oh, man. Um, all right, so 1998. Oh, oh boy. Bon- obviously, bonus points if you can tell me who they lost to. Uh, uh, okay. Um, well, I know Florida State won a championship somewhere in there. Uh, but Okay, so no- 1998 was the first year of the BCS. Mm-hmm. Now, my problem is I'm trying to th- just – play through the U part two. That's huh. 30 for 30. Um, because they won the game, champion. Dude. They won the championship in 01. They didn't even make it in 2000. So I, I don't... So 98, 99... 
Florida State beats somebody. I don't know. We'll just say, we'll say Penn State's one of them, and we'll say, and eh, we'll say Nebraska's the other. I'll say Penn State and Nebraska. Uh, no, I Penn State. I didn't. That's a little surprise. I don't think Penn State's playing a championship game in fifty years. But um, oh. would you like another stab at it? Uh, I, I will not get it, but I know that it's, I know the years are 98, 99, and I'm pretty sure Florida state won the championship in 99, but I, that's, I, I got one of four teams between those two games. Okay. So actually Florida state is one of them. Oh. They did win. They did win in 99, but they lost in 98 to Tennessee. Oh, in 99, oh T Martin, of course. Right. In 99, Florida state beat Virginia tech. Mm. I thought I thought that one would have been easier. I think it was. Just, I think I just I like BC. I just like the history of the BCS. So yeah. Well, you picked you picked the two years of the BCS that I would not have gotten. So good job. <laughs> Those were probably the only two years that I would have gotten incorrect. And who yeah, lost? Get, in, who lost in two thousand then? Um, it was. Well, I thought my I guess Miami didn't make it then, because Florida was their consolation prize. So it was. Gosh, did Florida State make it again in two thousand? Um, they did. Did they win or lose? I don't. It was Oklahoma. Oh, Florida State and Oklahoma. Jeremy Shock. He was talking about how his teammates, those he, guys in Oklahoma, didn't want to play him. Oh, <laughs> who won? Uh, I'm going to say Florida State beat Oklahoma. No, Florida State lost thirteen to two. Really? Yep. I like. Yeah, I have no recollection. I obviously didn't watch that game. I was uh, two years old. So yeah. All right. Um, so I, I'm down. I got a lot to come back. Um, here's a fun one. Uh, when the Vikings drafted Teddy Bridgewater, they were returning two quarterbacks who saw significant playing time the previous season. Who were they? Uh, Tavares Jackson is one of them. I will not confirm nor deny until you lock in two final answers. Uh, Joe Webb and Tavares Jackson. Wrong and wrong. They were Matt Castle and Christian Ponder. I would have never guessed Matt Castle. Not in a bazillion years. I eventually would have landed on Christian Ponder just as a Hail Mary, but I had no idea Matt Castle was there. I believe Matt Castle is the only quarterback to start for the Vikings in an overseas game. Huh, Just, how about that? Yeah. No, because the Browns played the Vikings in the oh, they did? year in London. Oh, oh okay. Then um, I, did, I didn't know that the Vikings played more than one game. Okay. Woke up in the second quarter. It was, The Browns were winning, and then they lost. It was a good time. <laughs> I have a feeling that wasn't the first time that that happened that way. Oh, so, several. Um. <laughs> okay, mine. We're all going to head over to baseball. Oh boy! In 2016, this pitcher became one of the few all-time to win three World Series rings with three different teams. Uh, okay, the good news is I know the team. <laughs> Thank. Goodness. Hey, why don't you go to hell? Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, the pitching staff. Now, you said pitcher. You didn't say starting pitcher. So this could be – we got options here. Okay, I said um, pitcher. 
So I'm just going to start naming pitchers that I know were on that team. Jake Arrieta, I do not think, was winning World Series with the Baltimore Orioles before that. Um, no. Aroldis Chapman was not winning World Series with the Reds nor the Yankees. Certainly so, not. Um, oh, my gosh. Who was even – this uh, This is going to take me a little bit of time to roll through. There's like two – there's one obvious answer I believe you're not thinking of. Oh, I'm not going to confirm or deny that it's him. Yeah. Oh, just as far as pitchers who existed on that team? Yeah. Um, three different. This is going to be someone who pitched like two innings or something like that, but, um, yeah. gosh, not Pedro Strope. No. G- gosh, no. Um, for whatever reason, this is ridiculous that this is even co- Wait, All right. So I have two guys who just came to mind. I feel like it's going to hit you right in the face when you, when I say it, if you don't get it. Well, the question is. The question is, did he win? Well, the Rangers ever won a World Series, so I don't think it's Cole Hamels, and I also don't know which year he joined them. Um, he, he may have joined a little bit later, He may, but I know that Cole Hamels did join the Cubs. This is going to kill me that I can't get this one. Um, Tra- it's not Travis Wood. Um, I'm, I'm out. I, I, I'm, I'm blanking. I can't even like create any sort of path to trace through to get this. John Lackey. Oh man. Okay, so I guess Boston and Boston and wait, who would have been the, the third Lewis. team? Oh, he pitched oh, in man. St. Louis for like two years. Yeah, he did. Um, man, our, that's a, to be fair, he was kind of forgettable on that Cubs team during the World. Yeah. Well, he started a game, so that's a lie. But yeah, I mean, he he was there. He was there. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm really gonna have to clutch up. For, fortunately. My uh, my third question for you is quite difficult, so uh, I think I think I'll have a little bit of room, but I uh, I'll need to really pull something together for this final question. Uh, okay. all right, here's here's your third question. Uh, Clay Thompson had one college teammate make it to the NBA. Uh, who no was way. who? I, who don't, was I don't know. I don't have a prayer. <laughs> Would you like to just throw out a name or just go yeah. for it? No, I don't. Like I I I have no idea who played at Levar Ball. <laughs> he did. They did go to the same school. Um, there's a Twitter account. There's a famous Twitter account uh, that is very much dedicated to being a fandom of this guy, Aaron Baines. Really? Yeah. They. Huh. Uh, that's his only. I, I. My first question was going to be, um, who was their coach? Uh, who was this? <laughs> who was? It was. Uh, but I thought that that one. I actually thought that one might possibly be easier than uh, <laughs> what? It was Tony Bennett. I uh, yes, I, I, I wouldn't have guessed. Oh yeah, now that you mentioned that, I do I do know that. So I was like, uh, that that seems like it might be a little bit too easy. So I got to go with the other one. So Aaron Baines went to Washington State and played huh. with Clay Thompson. I thought he was an overseas guy. Just came straight from overseas. He is Australian, I believe. Yeah, that's why. That's why I thought he came from overseas. Okay, All right. uh, to tie it up, I, I got I got to push to a tie break. Yes, uh, it's also in baseball. Oh man, three teams have gone from the wild card game to the World Series. Name them. Oh my gosh, um, the Nationals. 
There's one. Um, but you said gone from the wild card game to the World Series or won the World Series? Gone from the wild card game to the World Series. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, the good news is, is that I only have a decade of baseball to work with because the wild card game sure. came in 2012. So I got that. So we're all right. We can I can ease up a little bit, make myself a little bit more confident. Let me see what I can. Um, the what? Um, the 20th. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. It wasn't them. Um, I was about to say the 2012 Cardinals, but I, I don't think that they didn't make it because the Giants made it. So, um, right, we got the Washington Nationals. There, there, there's one. Um, holy cow. Um, the oh, the Raves played the A's in a wild card game recently, but I, there were fans in the stands, so that definitely wouldn't have been it. So, um, it wasn't the Rays, although uh, their third baseman, who used to play for your team, did have two home runs in that game. Easy. <laughs> um, all right, I got to think 2013 through 2015, just in case. Uh, the Pirates did not make the World Series in 2013, sadly. Confirmed. Did, the Giants did make it in 2014, so there's another one. All right. There's we got the Giants and the Nationals. 2015 was the Cubs, and they didn't make it to the World Series that year. But I, I don't even know who did. But I know it wasn't them. All right, so I'm thinking it's got to be American League here, because I, just because I ran out of ideas on the National League. That's the only reason I said that. Um, now the Yankees haven't won a World Series since. Ah, but they haven't made it. Okay, so it's not any of the Astros' years because that division's been so bad that there's just been no competition, really, for them. I'm thinking it wasn't the Indians in 2016 because they they went on a tear and just destroyed everybody. Sure did. Um. Oh, was it a Jim Leland-led Tigers team? By any chance, because I'm, I know that he made it to the World Series in 2012. I just don't know if they won the division, but who else would have even been good in that division in 2012? All right, um, I, I'm running out of teams that I can name, so I'm going to go with the Giants in 2014, the Nationals in 2019, and the Tigers in 2012. Uh, you had the right division on the last one but the wrong team. It was the Royals, the Giants, and the Nationals. Oh, um, 20, wait, which one? Was it 2015 or 20? 2015, when they beat the Mets. They beat uh, Oakland on that walk-off. Yeah, who would have won the division that year? The American League? No, the uh, AL Central. Oh, what was that, 2015? That probably would have been... What about you guys or no? No, because didn't, we didn't go to the playoffs. 2015, probably. Detroit? Oakland? No. May have been Oakland. Oakland may have done it once. No, no. The, the AL Central. Oh, the AL. Um, Detroit then. Huh. 
had to look, look this up. It would have had to have been Detroit. Because they showed good players at that point. I don't think... Right. Well, it depends, it depends on when they traded David Price to Toronto. Wait, wait no. Hold on a minute. Okay, yeah, uh, Tigers. The Tigers won. They won by a game. Oh, okay. And then, um, man, was Alfredo well, Simon on Oh, that wait, team? no, 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 no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The Royals won the division the year they won the World Series. They went to the wild card game the previous year when they went to the World Series against the Giants. That's that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Okay. I, well, I crossed oh, myself so that, up that, there. That was just a wild card World Series then. Yes. I didn't think uh, you were going to land on the Giants. I Well, the Pirates were in the wild card game three years in a row. I had those ones down. Well, yeah, oh. that's... 13, 14, 15, Red Cueto. And then we had, then Brandon Crawford launched a grand slam. Oh, and yeah, the next year, Kyle, Kyle Schwarber launched a ball oh, that Lord. hasn't landed yet. I'm going to watch so, that right now. Uh, oh, Every time I, you I, say it, I immediately watch it just because it was that great. I, well, I, I can't stomach it, so I'm glad one of us is able to because that was just one of the, like, Heart sinking into the stomach moments of my sports fandom. <laughs> that was. Oh yeah, one, you said one, with the Phillies. Let's see. So one of the biggest. That's an interesting question. Some of the most like gut wrenching. No, because that sounds like injuries, which is not what I'm trying to discuss. But just like, just the absolute heartbroken. The biggest, most heartbroken moments in sports history. There you go. For, I, uh, Kyle Schwarber's home run was one of them. Just, I, I saw that ball fly off the bat and I stood, stood there and just knew like the momentum that he just gained from sending this ball onto a different planet's atmosphere. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no way that we come back from that. Cause that was just demoralizing to watch. Uh, for, I think when the Cubs took the lead in extra innings in game seven, I kind of like, we're not going to win. I should have a lot more. Well, I'll tell you what. The Indians me, uh, did score in the bottom half of that inning, but they didn't yes. win, obviously. And then Michael Martinez offered an, an excuse me swing. That was such a – he was the last guy on the bench. We just had to – Was that Matt Vascursion? On the No, it would have been Joe Buck on the call. Oh, yeah, I guess it would have been. <laughs> but Vaskersian did, did do uh, MLB TV, so he does have a broad – because his home run call, Roger Davis's home run, is awesome. Speaking of Joe that, Buck, him and Aikman on Monday night, that's going to be tremendous. Yeah, and I assume that Joe Buck's going to take over for whoever they have doing Sunday Night Base. Well, it was Matt Vaskersian, so I guess that's spot's available. No, they already announced that booth. He, oh, is Joe Buck not doing baseball? No, he's just not doing the World Series anymore. Well, I mean, yeah, because Fox has the World Series, so I know he's not doing that. Is he not no, doing but baseball? He, no, he, there's no way he's doing baseball, because baseball already has – the Sunday Night booth is already set. Oh, Maybe he'll do it in the future, but the – do to listen to Boog Shambi? Um, the, the only problem I have with that is 
now I'm going to be conflicted because I want to listen. I do like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman as broadcasters. But that's also now I'm not going to have to choose between them and the Manning cast. Yeah, yeah that is the biggest disappointment of all of this is that the one of the biggest games of the week is going to have two of the best broadcasting duos. So we we as fans, the Fox broadcast is going to be very disappointing from what we're accustomed to. So I, I'm I'm not ready for like Kevin Burkhardt or whoever they come on now. Let's get him in uh, there. I and what do you think about the Amazon Thursday night booth? You know what that is? Yes, and I'm actually excited for it. Um, th- that's like an like an all star team, basically. Yeah, uh, Herb Street and Al Michaels. Yeah, what in the that's world is great. that? That is that's going to be. I think that's going to be a good one. I think so too. Although I don't know how, I years how Michaels has left. Al Michaels is like eighty. Like we we yeah, already have I, to be planning ahead. He only has to broadcast one night. Well, he, that's what he was doing beforehand. But <laughs> yeah, it's. But I I love Al Michaels. I love Kirk Herbstreet. I think that's going to be a good one. I think so too, and I enjoy it when he's kind of like and... a Kirk Street's kind of like the Collinsworth of college football, sort of. In what way? Just the broadcasting styles. Like they're they're the lead color man. They're the lead analyst of the network they're on. Well, those are both true. Um, That's why, like they they have they're very they play a very similar role in the network they work at. All right, that's fair. I think Chris Collinsworth was like, isn't he the head of Pro Football Focus? Isn't that yeah? He founded it. Yeah. That's pretty impressive for a guy who was a player to all of a sudden right. dive so deep into it's the analytics in like Cincinnati. that. He, it was him and, oh, I, I I don't know if he was doing this, but I remember Gary Danielson, I remember reading that he was hosting a radio show. By the way, imagine Baker Mayfield doing this nowadays. Gary Danielson was hosting a radio show while he was playing for the Cleveland Browns. Chris Collinsworth... Chris Collinsworth also may have been doing that when he was playing for the Bengals. I'm not sure. That's kind of cool, though. I know. But I also know that in today's world, that would get hated on so quickly. Oh, like, easily. It, I, it may have been like an off-season only deal. In fact, I would be shocked if that weren't the case. But that would yeah, just be says- Browns fans just calling into the Baker Mayfield show. Oh my goodness! You would be you would be one of the leading callers every every week. I would be I would be like what Mike Francesca's callers are to him. I would that I would be like that, like yeah. daily calling in. Like, hey Baker, do you uh do do the Browns and Paul Brown ever get together and talk about being Browns? <laughs> just something. I'll hang up and listen. It, exactly. Uh, yeah, he, he, Gary Danielson. He was a part time anchor and reporter at a Detroit news station during the off season while he was with the Lions and he co hosted a sports talk show when he was with the Browns. So we're just gonna all right, so we're at the news desk of the nightly news and let's just throw it out to Gary Danielson in the field. Yeah. Like this like this guy doesn't have a job. That's, Gary, what do you that, think about uh Barry Sanders retiring? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he was I, way before that, but yeah, I, only, only like a decade. That wasn't too far off, although. Yeah, but in 
Uh, uh, that just would not fly nowadays, especially with all this, like... Oh, well, I mean, Bryce Young has a podcast with Colin Coward's network. Draymond Green and has a podcast with him, too. Actually, him and Joel Embiid were shit-talking each other on the podcast. It was pretty funny. Well, that's different because the NBA totally leans into all that stuff. But in regards to, like, the NFL... Like, even Taylor Lewan says that people always, like, whenever they release a podcast, there's always somebody tweeting at him, like, oh, yeah, you're really committed to football, aren't you? Look at you dropping the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, as if it, that's always going to happen. Yeah. So people would be, oh, look at, you think Baker Mayfield's really com- committed to learning the playbook? They just got a, his, he's on his seventh head coach in six years. You think he's committed to learning the playbook because he's spending all this time reporting on high school sports in the area? No way. Listen, I just want Baker Mayfield off the team. Just get him out of here. Well, no one wants him is the problem. They're going to have to attach a draft pick, and honestly, I do not care. Just get him out. Let's just yeah, end, let's just move on. You're going to be the new Rams. Oh, yeah. And Listen, I don't even I'm all think for it. Oh, no. I'm going to be the new Super Bowl champion. Well, no one is ever going to look at the Rams and say it wasn't worth it. Oh, no, it definitely was. Odell's coming back too. Oh, did that just get announced? That or something. Mary Kay Cabot reported she's the Browns beat writer that um, Odell has is not has not closed the door on a Browns reunion. It, it remains unlikely, but he has, oh, he, he well, would be open to it. Wouldn't you know? They find a new quarterback, and all of a sudden he's yeah, open it's like to what, you know, Oh, Odell. He's ripping this team apart. Oh, wait, now he wants to come back? Why? What happened? Yeah, he's a locker room cancer, and his dad's on YouTube. Putting, his dad's mixing up highlights together to show how... Listen, I don't know why people were mad about that. That's his facts. Tape don't lie. Yeah, men lie, women lie, but tape don't lie. That eye in the sky never lies. That That's a fantastic phrase. Yeah, that's what I mean, that's what our coach used to say. And it's the God's honest truth. All right, you ready to get out of here? I am ready to get out of here. All right, I have no idea what's coming up on in the sports world over this next week, except for the fact that March Madness is going to have – it's going to go from 16 teams down to four. So we're going to be talking about the final four, and uh, we'll have trivia, and then we'll find stuff to talk about like we Probably always do. Baseball baseball's coming up. Oh, uh, yeah. Spring training's seven. already started. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, I'm getting notifications today. The Pirates gave up a lead by giving up a grand slam, so we're already in mid-season form. The Indians or the Guardians, excuse me, lost twenty-five to twelve yesterday. <laughs> so that's cool. They, that's that's terrible. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, we'll be we'll be one week away actually from opening day. Uh, next. Or well, actually, we'll be one week and one day. So it, yeah. it'll be Thursday, April 7th. That's when, when an opening day will be. We'll, you know what? We might have a, a little MLB preview show and talk mm. about preseason awards and stuff, you know, because we, uh, we've been known to do that a time or two uh, for, or the, for the MLB. So uh, we'll get our preseason predictions out there. So that's what's happening uh, either next week or the following week. Regardless, everybody take care. We'll see you next time. Peace.